David, the, uh, the Rangers accounts came out the other day and of course everybody's poring over them but you don't think that there's much merit really or much value in going through the detail? Well, the accounts are historic to June 2014. There's not really any surprises in the accounts. All they really do is confirm you know, that Rangers are, are, are still uh, losing money. So, yeah, everybody knows they've been losing money. Uh, the accounts confirm uh, they've been losing money. They have to be supported in the interim by the directors via soft loans, as they call it. And uh, so, therefore, there's not really any no- new news there. But the PR announcement basically was saying that the, the directors are ready to finance the, the club over the short term. Did he sound very specific? And I just wonder whether that's a, you know, a genuine commitment you know, to put in another whatever it happens to be that, that's needed before they can raise money in the city, if they ever can. Well, the, the whole situation at Rangers, and, and Rangers fans themselves know this, is very fluid. There's so much going on. And there's so many fires having to get put out, and you put out one fire and another one starts. It is genuinely a very fluid situation and it's very difficult to say anything precise about anything to do with Rangers off the park. Mm -hmm. So in that respect, I can understand why the board, uh, if they're putting out a statement, is perhaps vague or not as precise as uh, some would like. But you've got to remember, there's a question over the ownership of these assets, you know, which is, uh, and the very question of that, you know, is going to court. So normally, you know, nobody would really want to lend to or invest in a business whereby the assets in the business are, are, are it's not clear whether they're owned by that business. So that's a real dilemma because the club, the company, does need cash because it's losing money. Yeah. Uh, that cash has to come from the board who have said they will put it in, the three bears or the four bears, whatever you want to call them. But even for them, it must be a bit of a dilemma uh, because of this question mark over the, the assets. So it's, it's not a pleasant situation. Right. One thing that really puzzles me is that, that after, well, maybe two years of cost-cutting now, uh, and there has been some serious cost-cutting now, it looks like they're, they're losing less money than they were before, but they're still losing a substantial amount of money because, as you've discussed before, the, you know the cost base is so high. Is there anything that they can do, given their current circumstances, their current income, that can square the books, that can balance the books? Well, again, not really, because a large proportion of Rangers' costs are fixed. You know, the cost of running Ibrooks, the cost of running Murray Park, you know, are relatively fixed. You know, you've got all your utility bills, you've got people employed in the building uh, off the park. That's fixed, so there's very little you can do about that. the only major area where you can cut costs is in the coaching side, the player side, and you know that's very difficult when you're really attempting to get into the the Premiership, the, the, the top league. But that's what they're doing. They're also having to survive, of course, on a less income in the Championship than would be the case in in, in the Premiership. Yeah. So that's a problem. But that problem will be remedied. The most, the biggest variable number in the profit and loss account for Rangers is attendances. So if they can get the attendances up as high as possible, you know that mitigates the losses or, or reduces the losses. Yeah. And that's been the business plan so far. Uh, then the chairman wanted uh, record season ticket sales or as many season ticket sales as possible and as many mm-hmm. through the door 
purchase as match by match as possible. That's the biggest number that can influence the Rangers' profit and loss account. But what are they? What are they waiting on? I mean, if there's no prospect in the in the in the short term of them achieving some kind of profitability. Um, then are they are they hanging out for the, the possibility that they might get European income at some point? No, because the current setup won't stretch that far. You know, Rangers are, are a, f- a long way from playing in Europe. They've got to be in the uh, Top Premier League. League, or yeah. I can't remember if you win the Scottish Cup, Cup. Does yeah. that get you? you know, yeah. there's, there's a possibility, yeah, an early opportunity to get into Europe, but you know that's going to be difficult. No, this is a, a short-term funding situation. Everybody knows they're going to run out of money. The boards have said as much and they have to put in soft loans to tide the club over until the end of the season, at which point uh, season ticket income would start to flow. It's possible they might be able to uh, have a share issue, but I doubt that very much because the other factors uh, affecting Rangers won't be resolved by then. The ownership of the assets, the the court cases involving the deals uh, that bought and sold Rangers... I think what I'm still scratching my head is that if there is such a structural deficit in there, that if these guys who, who are running the club at the moment are going to continue to put money in, then surely you have to conclude that they are uh, real Rangers men, as the cliche goes, that they are in fact there for the good of the club and, and not for the good of themselves. Well, there's little to suggest they're doing it for the good of themselves. You can question why they're doing it, but one thing is near certain to say they're not doing it for the good of themselves financially, because financially it's pr- a pretty crazy situation. Yeah. You know, basically they have bought shareholdings in, in a company that's losing money. It looks as if the company will continue to lose money. It looks as if the company's you know assets ownership is under question. It's not really a the obvious choice of investment, uh, or, or, or a, it's obviously not a good investment from a purely financial perspective. So. The other perspective that you take is, you know, this is Rangers fans, you know, investing to help Rangers. But it doesn't look like a sensible financial investment, if you look at it that way. How has the the big tax case result, uh, or latest in series of results, uh, the other day, how how does that affect the overall picture as far as the the, the Rangers board are looking at it? Put it mildly, it doesn't help, does it? Uh, It's not what the majority of the football world, the financial world, the tax world thought. I think the, the short odds were on uh, the HMRC losing again. Yeah. So it was a bit of a surprise for, for a lot of people. But it's also you know bad news because that means a whole lot of former Rangers players you know have received remuneration from Rangers you know without paying any tax or national insurance in some cases and uh, HMRC will want their money back. Mm-hmm. But the Rangers in liquidation you know, have, still have the ability to reclaim some or all of that money you know, from the people that got it. But do they? If, if the money went to an independent trust or an inverted commas independent trust, uh, surely the liquidators of Rangers don't have any kind of sway or any influence over the people who... Well, they will, the they will have to opine on that. Nobody knows for sure. What is sure is that a, a list of players, employees and others received remuneration for, from Rangers for services rendered. Those, that money that changed hands did not attract tax and national insurance. Inland Revenue wants that money back. So you know, the first port of call is usually always you know, from the company that paid the money out, in this instance Rangers, 
in liquidation, mm-hmm. or Rangers or RFC 2012, uh, and the people in charge of that are, are, are the liquidators BDO. Yeah. But I still think they have the opportunity to seek a recompense, uh, you know, from the, some, if not all, of the people that received the monies. But no doubt they will clarify the situation in due course as well. I think all the parties that are affected by this decision are still mulling it over because it's not what everybody expected yeah. and it's really messed the whole situation up again. Uh, that's the financial side of it. There's also the uh, unfair advantage uh, side of it and whether you know trophies won were legitimately won or not. And, uh, you know, obviously Rangers fans are adamant that that's just an anti-Rangers campaign and whilst mm. all the other football teams uh, that Rangers competed against over the period uh, or their fans certainly have a different view but that's another debate you know for another day uh, unless you want to talk about that as well you know that's that's a side issue what we're talking about here I mean you spoke to us earlier saying that, that Dave King was interested in Rangers the, the old Rangers the, in liquidation because it looked as if their cash pile was growing and their and their creditor list was diminishing but now of course the, the, the tide swung in, in a different direction but with the result the yeah, other well, that, that's right that was predicated or caveated on yeah. the the likelihood or not of HMRC yeah. winning or losing the case yeah. now if HMRC had lost the case uh, that makes the old Rangers balance sheet look increasingly attractive because there's a big pile of money in it just now and that's likely to increase whilst you know the liabilities of the debts were going down that's not the case now so i don't think anybody could seriously have that much of an interest in uh, rangers in liquidation anymore with again another caveat and that is still uh, there could be an appeal uh, in the supreme court to seeking to overturn it that's another issue that has to be resolved but all of this doesn't help the current Rangers uh, uh, come through the mire, refinance uh, and move forward. Uh, it's definitely bad news. So just to clarify, do you, th- you, you think that perhaps that uh, if HMRC can't get their money, that, assuming it's finished now and there's no more appeals, and I know that's a big assumption, but uh, so the, the, there's an amount now owed to HMRC, which clearly uh, BDO can't satisfy because there's In not... Full. A, yeah. So therefore HMRC they could possibly either, sorry, be the liquidators could investigate the trust to see if they can pull back the money in any way, which of course would mean uh, calling in the loans. Or is it possible that HMRC could go directly to the recipients of the loans and say they were taxable? Either is possible, and all the parties affected by this you know, will be considering the situation. Yeah. But to be clear, you know, there is a pile of money. I can't remember the exact figure. It depends on whether, uh, how this court case resolves itself, whether the mm-hmm. assets currently owned by the current Rangers revert back or in some value has to change hands. But there is or will be quite a substantial amount of money uh, in uh, Rangers in liquidation. And therefore, the creditors, uh, and they're all unsecured, if, uh, and that's assuming we can put uh, the wave tower yeah. uh, claim to one side. Charge, yeah. And they, they will all get X in the pound, and that includes HMRC. So HMRC are still very likely to have a shortfall in what they're owed. And what you're asking me is, well, could they seek recompense of that shortfall from uh, the people that received the money, or some of the people that received the money? And the answer to that has to be yes. 
Likewise, BDO, you know, if they have to fork out the lot and can't fork out the lot, you know, they could technically go after some or all of these people as well. The parties affected, and I can only repeat myself, will consider it, take advice and decide uh, which avenue to go down or not go down. I think it's safe to say that it really has caught everybody by surprise. I mean, and I'm thinking Dave King must have been caught by surprise as well because I'm sure that had he thought that this outcome was on the cards, that he wouldn't have been talking a few weeks ago about revitalising or whatever, reinvigorating the old club. Well, I mean, that's that's right. You know, that can be the only logical conclusion. Why even mention it? Why even yeah. remind everybody of what happened? Yeah. You know, unless you were of the view that. Uh, HMRC were going to lose again so no the short odds were on uh, HMRC losing you know they lost the first two cases the expectation was they'd lose the third it didn't happen and I think it's caught everybody by surprise including myself one of the things that we talked about earlier on was that uh, they will be looking to get European income as quickly as possible I think Scottish teams so far this year in Europe have shown that it's, it's not very easy to to get European income because basically the game really has fallen behind, isn't it? Well, it appears to be. Uh, uh, it certainly appears to be. I mean, the Celtic result last night, you know, was particularly bad. There's a Norwegian team from a town with a population of, I don't know, 11,000, somebody told me, uh, beating Celtic uh, home and away. I mean, what's that? Is that the same as Peterhead beating Celtic home and away, for example? disastrous result but last year's results for Celtic were bad the results for all the other Scottish teams have been bad there's only one conclusion you can come to and that is there's something fundamentally wrong with the Scottish game Mm -hmm. Uh, if it's fallen behind you know countries with inferior leagues that's the only conclusion you can come to you can understand when Scottish clubs get beaten by bigger leagues with more money that happens Uh, but when you start getting beaten by clubs in smaller leagues and teams in smaller leagues and I consider all of the teams uh, including Ajax and Fenerbahce who of course Celtic still to play and technically Celtic could beat both those teams but all the evidence to date suggests that there's major problems in the Scottish league and I mean I've said before and I think Celtic a big club are trying to run up or down an escalator and I've said before that I think unless there's some Structural change, you know, Celtic could end up like uh, you know the the two leagues in Ireland, uh, i.e., not very good, not very competitive. Uh, I think that's a a real problem. Well, whatever uh, the the solution, if there is a solution, that people have been talking about it for for as long as I can remember. Well, we have to be better. Why are we failing here? Why why is the national team failing and, and so on and so forth? But I think it, it also we're all preoccupied, or we have been for the past couple of years, with the financial side of the business because of the meltdown at Rangers, because of all the the tax implications that, that have gone on from there, and perhaps uh, the, you know, our eyes being taken off the ball about about the football. Uh, as a whole? Well, yeah, at the end of the day, it's about football, but finance has crept into everything yeah. uh, because it is all about money now. And if you don't have any money, uh, you don't have any success. I mean, there's a Fergus McCann quote in there, you know, I can't remember what it is, but basically, n- no money guarantees no success. Or money doesn't, that's it, money doesn't guarantee success, but no money guarantees no success. Uh, and I think. Uh, that's becoming uh, apparently obvious. Just returning to Rangers, just before we finish, um, if 
you were walking into uh, Ibrooks today with a, a, a Rangers. I have to get my head round. Well, okay, but, but you know, but if you were if you were walking in there with, with a with a Rangers uh, Fergus like doppelganger, um, what would you do to get to get them to break even? Because obviously we know that there's going to be a couple of years before they're competing. Well, the first thing you've got to work out uh, is how much money is required to get the business on a stable footing. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean how much money is required to bring, uh, how much capex, capital expenditure, is required to bring Murray Park and Ibrox Park up to scratch. How much money is required to invest in the coaching system, uh, the scouting system, I beg yeah. your pardon. Uh, I mean, that's the starting point. Uh, Money Park would still feature in, in, in your plans? Well, that's, that's another debate. You know, at the end of the day, you know, Murray Park, uh, Lennox Town, uh, East Mains for Hibs. I mean, these, do, do you really, if you're, if you're quite bearish about the Scottish game as I am, do you really need these uh, big Manchester United style training complexes and. Uh, Costs that go with it. Well, I wonder if Moldy yeah. have a have a Lennox well, Town or a Muddy Park. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Rangers used to train at Jordan Hill. Celtic used to train at Barrowfield. Uh, I'd say the what they did or uh, what they achieved in Europe then, and I know the game has changed. That's a rough comparison, but you know, they did better in Europe without these vast, costly training complexes. Hibs have got one as well. That's East Mains and Trent near Trinent that's losing. Uh, it's a seven-figure sum. Hearts are doing very well, you know, training at uh, I can't remember Harriet Watt University. Uh, I think it is. I, I question whether you actually need these need, need these uh, costly uh, training centres. Okay. But you, you asked me the question. They need to quantify. You need to quantify how much it brings. Uh, Rangers were talking about how how much money is required to bring its infrastructure up to up to uh, scratch him, uh, and then in the, the scouting system and then what you've got left is, is determined by what your budget is for revenues I've all, I, I think the most important job I have to say in a football team in this day and age is the manager the manager should get the premium wage because a good manager can get a lot more out of the players he has or the players he's given than a bad manager has I know it's stating the obvious but it's sort of true uh, and then it's a bit you know tactics and budget but uh Rangers have got to get, and, and then the final point is uh, how much money is required to finance the losses before they get to break even. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of speculation about that. I don't know if, uh, I think Dave King said, you know, like 30 million in the past. Uh, and all of these numbers ignore all the costs associated with defending this court case and defending that court case, yeah. or paying Charles Green's fees, and etc. etc. Uh, so is there a, do you think there's a, there's a clue there? as to why there's been so few people who've been willing to step up to the the mark and say, we'll get the club sorted out? No, the perennial infighting at Rangers is a massive turn-off. If this was just a business opportunity, uh, there's lots of wealthy Rangers fans, active or or, or inactive. If this was a clean situation, whereby a a wealthy Rangers fan or a group of investors you know, could just step in and do it. I, I think there'd be quite a few investors. I'm certainly aware of one or two of them, but it's such a, a mess in terms of personalities, fractured shareholdings, uh, infighting 
Uh, it's just it scares so many people off. You don't want to get involved in a situation whereby there's bitching and backbiting and and uh, social media taking side fan fans uh, forums taking sides, yeah. good guys, bad guys, unless an all for one and a one for all uh, situation emerges, unless a consensus emerges, unless peace breaks out. This Ranger saga is going to go on for years. And there's no sign that it's going to end. There's no sign that uh, peace is going to break out. All the words from the current board, uh, you know, are, must be like a blue rag to a red bull uh, to mix a metaphor up uh, to somebody like Mike Ashley. It makes no sense to wind this guy up the wrong way at all. And that, that I just frankly, I don't Yeah, well, that's what, that's what you think he's a bad guy or not, it's neither here nor there. No. He's got a sizable shareholding in the club and uh, you've got to face that fact uh, and, and he's got a huge smoke, smoke the peace pipe he's also got a huge uh, level of control as well because of the because of the money that, that, that he's owed but but that I was going to ask you that because the, you know it is going to go on for a while probably but the next round coming up is basically between Ashley and Dave King I'm sorry where, where would your money be in that particular I, I have no idea you, you know it's, and you know neither did the Rangers but you know it's just another fire that you don't want. Uh, there, there, there is an, an interim uh, injunction, I think they call it in England, you know, stopping uh, Rangers talking about a uh, confidential contract. Yeah. That interview, uh, you know, with Sky, uh, where Dave King was talking about the, the contract that they're not supposed to talk about, you know, that's like silly. Why do that? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you know, and the net result is that uh, Dave King stroke Rangers are in court again with Mike Ashley. Uh, they're all enriching lawyers. It's just a fight that need not take place. It shouldn't take place, but it's taking place. I, I, I can't understand why anybody would put themselves in a position like that. Which is probably as good a place to leave it as any. Thanks, David.